Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you are tuning into today's podcast from. And on the subject of wherever you may be tuning into the podcast from, our guest today is in a lovely green location. It's not often that we get somebody who joins us as a guest on the podcast and is outdoors enjoying the fresh winter air that Great Britain has to offer with some lovely green background behind them. Our guest today is Anita Howard. Anita is the director of the IS community and joins us from a back garden in London, I believe, Anita. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm here like in the garden, but it matches our theme for this year. Obviously, sustainability is such a key thing this year. So outside living is good, but also the internet working side. So uh, there we go. (laughs) Necessity has put you in a position where actually it gives you a lovely PR story. Um, Yes, exactly. (laughs) And Red jacket and red headphones, you know, come on, that's, that's, that's working for you, isn't it? Absolutely it is. Again, a matching headphones and coat, and I said that level of detail is very seldom seen on this podcast. So we thank Anita already. Anita is on the show today to talk about a number of different things, actually. Um, we are going to find out, first of all, a bit of Anita's background, and I introduce her as the director of the ICE community, and that's a really good start point for us on today's podcast, Anita. Tell us what the ICE community is, and particularly what ICE stands for. Yes, absolutely. So the ICE community we established about five years ago, and it actually stands for in-house corporate event organisers. And everything we do is to build the in-house corporate community and empower them to look different within their Mm organisations so that they look very strategic and also to try and get events recognised as a true marketing channel within their business um, units so they look more strategic. And we started off with some ICE awards, which um, is something that is very lovely because people actually get recognised and rewarded by their community. Uh, No agencies are allowed to enter or suppliers. It's just for corporate planners. So it's really exciting to see their excitement Mm -hmm. on the the day as well when they win. And we've had winners like, um, you know, KFC, we've had ITV, Barclays, some major companies and very disappointed companies uh, when they don't win. Someone like Siemens, which Mm. is very sad last year so anyway uh, but they're entering again this year so um it we start off with the awards we then sort of like do high level um events for um global heads of events and we basically have um an online um kind of information portal and then basically we also have um some research which is what our key thing is is trying to start benchmarking events within the corporate sector so it's really exciting i just love uh, everyone just loves it Sure. It's, it's a real feel-good um, community. And every, everybody listening to this podcast will have, have come across the term corporate events. Um, it, yes. It, but I'm sort of keen to maybe explore a little bit with you the growth of the actual corporate event planner and organiser that works within their actual organisation. Um, because this strikes me perhaps, and uh, uh, you know, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong here, but a, a, a role that has grown certainly significantly in the last decade or so where perhaps these people may not have started as as event organizers within their organization but as events themselves have grown and the value of events has has been seen to be much more valuable to uh, any given corporation or business that they have grown into these so um yeah i suppose the first question is have the majority of people that you 
have experienced and come across as in-house corporate event planners grown into that position or are they have they got a background in event uh, organization prior to joining yes yeah, so what's really, really interesting, so from the survey we did, um, the kind of like the average size of event planners, you know, it's one to five people within their teams, but then we've got other organizations where it goes up to 100. Mm. So this has been going on for some time that people are seeing events more strategically within their organization, and they actually want to be seen professionally, making sure that the experience is correct, and, you know, it actually is pushing forward the brand of their organization. Organizations. So the teams have been growing um, significantly, which is mm. really very interesting. And I think one of the things that um, they have, that our definition of a corporate to be part of our community is someone who's spending at least 80% of their time organizing or marketing events. So we don't necessarily go for the PA level. Sure, um, sure, yeah. Because obviously that's a very different to what we're actually looking to achieve um, and and they, there's a lot of those out there so you know that's something that they um, like to come together but they haven't pulled together in the past and this is what we're trying to do as a community because we really feel that the my supplier and the agency market mm. have so much to give to the community but in the traditional platforms it's more sell 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 mm. rather than actually let's build a relationship up there's some really interesting knowledge that i could share with you that would help me look more strategic within my organization and that's what we're trying to do is, is empower people within the community with um, you know the right information to sure. become more strategic and it's and it's interesting that, that, that you've differentiated quite early on how you see the, the, the type of planner that, that you want to deal with within this community because yes. as you rightly point out you know you could say the word corporate events to some people and they will immediately think of the Christmas party. Now that's a corporate event, a big organization having their party. It might be that somebody in that organization is, that's all they organize. And then for the rest of the year, they're yes. doing a different job entirely. And what we're talking yes. about here are the people who work for probably large organizations yeah. Yeah. who actually now spend the majority of their, you know, business life organizing, not just, social events and things like that for, yes. for the actual organizations but genuine business events to, yes. to aid the benefit to, to benefit the company yeah absolutely and this is what's really interesting is that i think in the past and obviously it's still considered a back-end role kind of thing sure um but i think what's really important the budgets that our community control they basically should be seen more strategic like you know years ago you wouldn't have a chief marketing officer on the board of a big organization and no. um, um, i would love to get a chief events officer or um, actually sitting on the main board so that they're strategically feeding into um, their events and their profile so they're not just doing it for the sake of and much of our community that's their big thing is that they want to be very strategic they want to be able to measure everyone's favorite word mm -hmm. um, infamous was but they actually want to see what effect the events had on their brand and their brand impact so there's quite a lot of things that they're looking to achieve 
achieve. So they're almost, um, some people would say like an in-house agency, you know, like they're, they're thinking strategically sure. and creatively because a lot of them are really, really creative. And I think that's not often recognized and um, by the stakeholders within their organization. Sometimes you have um, stakeholders actually go into agencies for the ideas when a lot of the ideas are within the team as well. So I think there's a great collaboration that could be done. And I know from the research that we did, ICE Insights, we actually, um, a lot of them wanted the suppliers to be a little bit more creative rather than just doing it like the standard way so sure. that they could collaborate and then push the idea through to the, um, you know, the stakeholders. So really interesting. It, it, it is. And um, I, I suppose when you think about it, it's, it's almost nonsensical in a way to have a strategic board of stakeholders in a large organization and not have the people who are ultimately tasked with engaging their audience. If yes. you want to build a business, if you want to create new business, if you want to create new customers and, a, and an expanded client base, you have to engage them somehow. And more and more businesses now are seeing the value in live yeah. events as that way of engagement, whereas before it might have been printed advertising in B2B media or, or, or otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, if you want to engage, you should really be speaking to the people who are going to be tasked with that engagement process. Yes, absolutely. There is, there is a strong argument and strong case just from a common sense point of view to have events people working strategically at the top of businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things with um, people at the top of their businesses, um, like there, there was, we do, in the research, there was a proactive and a reactive team approach. Mm. So a lot of the proactive people um, are actually setting the objectives in advance of seeing the stakeholders and then collaborating with them to actually build up that information. And I think that is so key to actually collaborating between the different business units mm. to actually get the best out of it. And I I know from a supplier point of view that's sometimes hard to get past the um the planner into the you know sort of like the, the board level and maybe if we try and push the event planner up further is that they'll get on the board and then you know we can get more um you know sort of like measurement coming out of the events as well because they've got great ideas of what they want to achieve sure and, and, and uh, i'm just just i'm not i'm not cutting across you but just get, get them past sometimes to, to, to just reinforce what you're saying there, I'm, I'm now referring to uh, page 14, actually, of, the, of ICE Insights, of the, of the, the research yes. um, uh, that's been published. And on page 14, it talks about the proactive and reactive approach. And yep. there are, you know, three key points given to identify how each one of those is differentiated. So the proactive approach, prioritize events as part of a wider strategy with a focus on ROI and achieving yes. objectives, embed events in the wider company strategy and decide which events to organize. That's the proactive approach. The reactive approach, which may be very familiar with to some of our, our listeners, yes. is receive a brief from the stakeholders, have more flexibility about which events they organize and less structure. Yes, yeah. And I think that's what that's, you know, to be, sometimes you have to be reactive, you know, when there's your CEO comes up to you and says like this message we need to get out there. We need to actually, um, you know, they need to be reactive. So they have a different approach, but a lot of the time when you've got big budgets being spent on events, let's get the benchmarks in place that you want to measure. Cause mm. it's a great thing that people want to share information. I think as an industry, that would be a really interesting thing for us to consider is how could you start sharing some of 
that information that you know number of delegates versus the feedback and things like that and yeah that's something we need to work together on to try and help the corporate share that information in a kind of very um uh, chatham house rules type thing mm. so that we can get some measurement because I, I think that's what frustrate i don't know if it frustrates you but you know everyone talks about the return on investment and everything else and yeah. we actually just say right here's five simple things that we're going to measure in a year as a community and therefore that'll be really useful for to talk to their stakeholders about what works and what doesn't work and that's a piece of work. I know I've spoken to Molly that we're, we're doing at the moment. We're trying to get some of these ROIs in place as simple measurement tools. Well, just in, in terms of the actual type of events, you, you will speak to, as part of your role, you will know and speak to um, many, many different in-house corporate event planners and organisers. Yes. Um, are the actual types of event that they are organising um, covering a broad spectrum? So that, are, are they delivering events for internal events so they're delivering in-house conferences and conventions where in a big organization all the staff are getting together and using that to drive internal communications and internal growth um yeah. and are they also doing a combination of, of external events where yeah. they're actually inviting their clients how, how does it differ yeah so the big thing um about internal events i um, you know um, one thing that you actually see is that there is a large percentage of people organizing both so you've got the internal events as well as the external events and they could be exhibitions sponsorship activations but then also we'll have within the community so someone like um, at how I stay the conference we do we do lots of case studies mm. where um, the actual corporates stand up and talk about how they did their events right. so you have people at ITV you have Siemens you have we had Catherine McCartney from TED who basically and this year we've got um, Cisco coming as one of our Great. keynotes you of know. course and Cisco yes. Live being a judge yeah exactly so that they're event. sharing different types of events so some can be internal like we had the atomic weapons in um, people AWE come in um, and talk about running an internal the CEO came in and he wanted to run a fun day for the staff and their families okay at an atomics weapons <laughs> Okay. It's great fun where we actually found out how the marketing, the team actually got to the grips of, well, how do you deal with security? How do you actually coordinate that? So it's a very, very interesting thing. Well, then you had someone like um, RBS, where it was an internal meeting, where they got their stakeholders together. It was the best leadership event, I think. And that, again, was very interesting to hear the different types of events these, this community is doing. And sure. I think it's so funny is, you know, when you see some of these, like ITV's um, presentation was amazing when you saw all of their, um, you know, you think it's big budget, but it was more to do with actually the logistics of actually getting in there. So I think that sharing of the information within any community, and I think this is where the MICE community, community could really help the corporates, is share relevant information that's interesting and not just sell, so that they feel more comfortable to come and ask for information. So we, we call our suppliers, our advertisers, Sure. You know, 
or sponsors. We call them mentors because we think they can actually coach people um, to do things. And so we've, we've got a great thing. This came from the corporates because we're obviously led by the corporates. We've got a thing called ice under, under the skin or under uh, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. That's what it's called. And it's basically where um, they're going to send corporates to go behind the set of say blitz or whatever GES yeah. and actually see what a widget is. Cause they don't know what nobody knows what young people don't know what things are until they've experienced it so this is to try and give them some kind of real experience mm. and get them engaged with and not feel scared to ask questions which i think is always a a big issue isn't it <laughs> there is and and i suppose also that, that 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 leads me to a thought about the development of of corporate event planners um who again I, i'm not suggesting that they all fall into this category but some of them may have grown into the, the, the role of being a, a corporate event planner, having started maybe in, in yes. public relations or in the marketing team, in the comms team, you know, wherever they, they've come from and developed this role as somebody who predominantly works in planning and organizing events and maybe retrospectively giving them insights and training into the various different elements that have to happen in order for an event to take place, be that the, the venue sourcing, the how AV is designed and put together, you know, watching yeah. the guys come in and actually build and turn an empty space into something that actually works as an event. Because I've seen a lot of event planners with their clipboards turn up once all the build and the, 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 the donkey work has been done. Yeah. Perhaps, and I'm not suggesting everybody with, a, a, not a great understanding of how that's actually come together over a period of 24 or 48 hours. I think uh, it's the younger teams, you know, it's the younger people, although they may be going on courses and everything else, you know, wonderful management courses. I think that whole thing about, you know, you become a brilliant organizer after so many years, don't you? You suddenly go, oh my God, do you remember the time that happened? Mm -hmm. In fact, we do this great thing called ICE, um, which I'm really bad at names, but it's the things I wish I knew then, and it's at the oh, end of ICE cool. Day. Yes. And literally, we had a panel of people, there was about five people, we run it a bit like Graham Lawson, and it's people just going, oh my God, this happened, and then that happened, and then that happened. It was very funny, obviously Chatham House rules, totally. Yes. Um, but it was really, it's a, I think the behind the scenes thing we're trying to do is that thing about training people up to know what's expected because I think there's a great fear where people are scared of making mistakes where I know I've been in the event industry for 30 years and I've definitely made a few mistakes along the along the way and I think sharing that knowledge it's okay to make mistakes because you're live you can do it it's fine you know and I think that confidence building within the corporate community will be great and this is where I think the community uh, the mice community could really help it's interesting you say that. Interesting you say that about um, you know sort of being able to look back at you know if I knew now what I knew or if I knew then what I know now. Yeah. That um, you know thought leaders will will always uh, extol the virtue of that that we learn from our mistakes. You don't yes. learn from what you get right. You really learn from what you get wrong. Yes. And yet, as an industry. Or, you know, or any business industry, you go to conventions and conferences and it's full of people telling you how to do it really well, like, because this is how they've done it really well. But I, I, I can't really think of many instances where I've seen people stand up and say, this is everything that I've got wrong as yeah. a means to maybe guiding people as to what they could get right by, yeah. you know, and maybe that's an interesting and a different way of approaching yeah, no, training absolutely. and development is to actually get people in a room together and you're only allowed to discuss what you got wrong. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the great thing about this session we did at the end of Ice Day, and we're going to do it again this year. Mm. So we had um, like Dale from DRP and Ben from Maritz uh, Travel, uh, Maritz uh, Travel. You just had them, and these are very senior people, and you just go, yeah, that's fine. They've shared it with a young audience that's in front of us. And I think that's so cool because, you know, this industry, the, um, the world we live in now is you can find anything out anytime, can't you, on the internet yeah, and everything else. And I think with the, one of the reasons we set up the awards was that we basically had a situation where the um, um, people were only being recognised for what they did wrong rather than recognised for what they did right. And yeah. the boards were set up with that in mind to try and recognize these great achievements. So I think this would be a really fun thing to do as an industry. And we've got a book that we're trying to write uh, myself and Sue Munro. Um, we've got a URL, which I'll send you guys, um, which actually is so that we can all, all submit our stories and you, you can do it anonymously. And we're going to do it for a charity, you know, NSPCC or something, any books sold. But it'll be a really fun thing. You know, when you go, anyway, join my organization and here you have a book <laughs> on yeah. everyone's mistakes. It'll be just so much fun, I think. It, it would be. And, and, and you've, you've touched on the awards there. This is um, an awards that's going to be in its uh, sixth year this yes. year. Yes, yes. Um, and takes place uh, on the 9th of July. Yes. Uh, 2020 and and just looking at the, some of the categories to give people an idea of what sort of things are going to be recognized yes. best motivational event uh, best sponsorship activation event best leadership event most sustainable event a key yes. one obviously for, for all events now is sustainability best international event best use of technology logistical challenges etc etc so yes. what i would say is uh, and i i mean this as a, as a positive is is these are pretty obvious category yep. titles yes. but what we've got that's different from other awards is that this is focused solely on the corporate the in-house corporate event planners actually giving them a platform yes. by which they yeah. can be recognized which in every other sort of awards they would just have to enter alongside the agencies alongside the big advertising yeah. guys alongside all the experiential agencies that have been doing this as specialists for 30 years yeah, um, yeah. this is giving them their own chance to shine isn't it yeah absolutely and they just love it you know i think you know so many people um actually like this this whole concept about trying to work together to get the corporates because everyone's always after corporates or oh, we must get into corporates but to actually help them with their roles and that's what we're doing by the awards they just adore it they they really do love it and you know we get round about um 78 entries so the competition is getting very fierce now mm. and you get you know you don't have to the size of the um, budgets does not matter so the awe event for example was a very small budget but she won you know the Sure. And they were just over the wounds a couple of years ago. And then you'll have something like, um, you know, from Barclays, which, you know, again, everyone thinks everyone's budgets are big. So we never mention budgets. Everything is all just about what the content is. The judges are all agencies or industry professionals that have been around for years. Um, and then basically, um, you know, then the awards are actually announced on the night. So it's really great fun. And if you are an in-house corporate planner, please enter because you know you don't have to be a massive team um and you know like we have um in-house team of the year award and mm. that gets one uh, by small teams okay the bbc won last year <laughs> um, but like the year before it was universities uk which is a corporate organizer tiny tiny little group of people four Absolutely. people so it really is and it makes you feel great winning against the big boys as well 
I, I, I'm curious to ask, there's an award that's, that, that, that's, that's grabbed my attention. It's most disruptive event. And I'm curious to know how you would term a disruptive yes. event. <laughs> well, this is basically, so what we decided, decided to do on this one was, um, it was a little thing that you've done at your event that has disrupted how the stakeholders wanted to run it. So it might be that you just basically use uh, paper cups instead of glasses. I know that's not very exciting, but you know, it can be yeah. really small, but um, it came out of the idea that someone, a government office that I went to and they ran, they chose a really funky venue in Cardiff. You know, there's only a few venues in um, Wales. They mm -hmm. chose a funky kind of venue and it was a very stuffy scientific event with investors. And they actually had all their exhibitors in um, containers and unfortunately, it started raining, so, but then the containers were sloped down the wrong way, so it didn't quite work out, but I, she would have won the award for being and no one, everyone loved the concept, it was wonderful, it was a really cool thing to do, so it's basically things like that, you know, like how, how have you made it different to, you know, previous things you've done, so it's sure. really a fun one to enter, I would definitely go in for that one. Uh, absolutely and I suppose that, that that ties back into what we're talking about maybe bringing event planners and corporate event organizers up to a higher level within their organizations alongside the stakeholders so that they can find out a little bit more about the target markets about the target demographics and things and, and think maybe how they could change things up you know sometimes you don't want to if it's a scientific event or a, a big engineering company you might not want to put them into a traditional conference scenario where they all turn up in suits and ties. Yeah. You might want to do something that's a little bit different to grab their attention and grab their concentration. So straight away they think, well, oh, well, this is a bit different. Yeah, and, no, well, uh, EY did an amazing presentation I thing the other day where um, uh, Amanda Whitlock was talking about just, you know, the seats in the air and all the rest of it. It was mm -hmm. just brilliant, some of the things they were doing. So they, they do, I think the uh, planners, our corporate community, basically do know their markets really, really well. They really yeah. do. But it's influencing stakeholders to do it differently. And I think a lot of them are doing that now. And what Amanda did at EY was just colossal. It was fantastic. And of course, as, as we'll know, Event Industry News through our connections with Event Tech Live and the Event Tech Awards is that, is that yeah. more and more Event Tech is now available. Yes. And with that event technology um, comes an increased understanding of our audience and, and our audience responses, um, yes. the metrics, the analytics, the, the data that could be collected now using the platforms that we have available and the tools that we've got available are now so important to organize. And I loved your event. It was really, really great. And I think one of the things, the big, big thing that I think uh, we need to try and do now is we, we looked at how much time people are analyzing their events after the event i think it's only 90 percent of their time mm. is spent analyzing their event and we need to um, empower them give them more time to analyze the data so you just don't get the data for the data set, set sake you know of course and i think that's one of the things that would be quite interesting is how do you make that time in your diary to analyze because i used to work at but my background i used to work in exhibitions and i ran my own agency mm. and i worked for blenheim exhibitions on conference 
effects in the day. <laughs> and, um, literally, so one of the things that Phil saw was amazing was at doing was making sure you analysed your data to buggery. So you had the right conversation to have with the person the following year. So that if you got the all that they didn't really care about exhibitors, they cared about the audience. Because if you got the audience work, working well, that was just fantastic so um you know i think a lot of the community want to do that and i just think we need to help them just make more time to analyze the data that that's available on all these great event tech stuff sure well but uh, the, the flip side to that or maybe not a flip side but what, what one thing that i would say to to planners and people maybe using certain tech platforms for the first time is not to be scared of saying to the tech providers I don't want everything that it can do straight away. Yeah. Because if you go from a scenario where you admit that you've not spent a huge amount of time looking at your data post-event, yes. using a new tech platform that suddenly gives you pages and pages <laughs> of analytical information, yes. you're actually not going to improve how much time you're spending because you'll look at it and you'll be so overwhelmed by how much is there yeah. Yeah. that I think it can put people off. And it's just an observation from what yeah, I've no, seen. Absolutely. I, I think in the first instances, organizers should be, you know, confident and strong enough to say, actually, it's great that your platform can yeah. give me all of this yeah, and what you're selling is great. Absolutely. But in year one, could I just have these key bits of information? And if I need anything else, I'll come to you and yeah. ask. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, if you could come up with five, ten things that we could measure as an industry that could become, is that a normal thing for it to happen? That would be even better. So I'm sure there must be things out there, tools out there that do that, but it's sharing that information. And I think that's one of the things we'd love to try and achieve as a, as a community. Sure. You've got an awful lot of stuff um, going yes. on in the next few months. And, and um, before we wrap up today's podcast, it's, it's important that we, we really give people the information that, that, that's, that's relevant to this. So I've already mentioned that the awards themselves are on the 9th of no, July. The awards also coincide with ICE Day. And yes. we've got the ICE Talks during the day, yes. which will then run up to the awards, I presume, in the evening. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's on the 9th of um, July Excellent. in London and then basically we have the uh, we have a, a, a how to enter workshop so if you've got an award entry that you'd like to enter come along to that that's on the 27th of March um, and then we um, basically then have at the end of the year we then have ice talks again so it's basically just if you go to www.ice-awards.com that's where you'll find all the entry information and um, basically more about us and we also have um, 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 ice-online.info which is where we put a lot of our information out like my stories about you know sort of like um, you know Stephen Rose or Joanna Lawler from AstraZeneca and people like that sure absolutely and, and head over to the website because it's not just got information on there about the awards but there's uh, information about ice day and what's going to be happening on the whole day there's also a tab on the website uh called research where you can look at some of the information that um, the organization has published so um head over there um and and find out Perfect. what uh, you would like to find out there's a contact us page so i'm sure anybody heading towards that website will be able to contact uh, anita and her team to find out a little bit more about what's happening there so Anita, that brings us nicely Perfect. to the end of the 
today's episode and um, thank you very much for taking the time to join us and talk to us a little thank bit you. about it and uh, bringing to our attention the uh, the world of the corporate event planner and quite rightly focusing a little bit more of the spotlight on the work that they do as a in our industry it's been great having you on the show Lovely. if you are watching today's podcast via eventindustrynews.com don't forget that you can also check out all the news features and supplements that's on the website whilst you're here and you can also go to your favorite podcast downloader on your smartphone or device to listen to all audio only versions of all of our podcasts of course the flip side to that is if you are listening to today's podcast via your podcast platform head over to eventindustrynews.com and check out some of the latest news features and supplements and stuff that's going on in the industry that brings us nicely to the end of today's episode our thanks once again to anita howard our guest today director of the ice community my name is james dixon and we'll see you on the next episode of the event industry news podcast goodbye (laughs) 